National Geographic's Pristine Seas has launched what they're calling the Global Expedition. The organization plans to spend five years exploring the remote tropical Pacific on a mission to support local conservation efforts in the world's most diverse ocean ecosystem. It sees the mission as part of the fight against global warming, food insecurity and nature loss by protecting 30% of the planet by 2030, also known as the 30 by 30 campaign. National Geographic explorer Enric Sala speaks with Caleb Fotheringham about the project. So Pristine Seas is a project that combines research, storytelling, policy work and economic analysis to help support local conservation efforts. And specifically, in the last 15 years, we have been working with local communities, indigenous peoples, and governments around the world to help create marine protected areas. And the next phase is this global expedition where we are going to spend the next five years traveling, exploring, surveying, working with local partners and governments in the Central and Western Pacific to help support local conservation efforts, to help support efforts to increase ocean protection in the region. Fantastic. And um, you're, you're obviously going on this big expedition, is that right? It's going to be a five-year expedition, and not, nobody is going to be <laughs> there the whole time, <laughs> but we will have teams rotating throughout the years, and yes, I, I plan to be there as often as, as I can. You know, who wouldn't like to spend time diving in some of the most amazing places in the ocean. Definitely, definitely. And you said that this initiative is going to help with conservation efforts. Could you give me an example of how this could help? Today, the ocean is suffering from many threats. Overfishing, global warming, pollution. There are many threats, there are also many solutions. But there is one thing we can do today and starting to have an impact tomorrow. And this is a proven solution called marine protected areas, areas where human activities, human threats are are reduced so marine life can bounce back and provide benefits to people. An example is, well, there are many examples around the world of of protected areas that have delivered these benefits. One thing we know is that when we protect an area from fishing, marine life recovers spectacularly. On average, the abundance of fish increases by 500% within a decade. And the more fish that are in a protected area, the more they reproduce, the more babies they have. And many of these fish spill over the boundaries of these reserves, helping to replenish the fishing grounds around. So having fish in a reserve helps the fishermen living around it. Um, So obviously deep sea mining is a huge discussion point at the moment. Um, Some countries have already, you know, started their exploration phase. The Cook Islands is one of them. Are you going to be looking at different species and how they could be impacted by deep sea mining on this expedition? The focus of our, of our expedition is to assess the health, the current health of the marine environment in the places where we're going to visit and, and support local conservation efforts. We, can, we have the technology to survey marine life from the surface to the 6,000 meters depth. Um, but Our goal is not to look at the impact of specific activities, at the impact of deep sea mining, for example, but to set a baseline to assess the current health of the environment so we can compare this baseline against the future changes. But we do know that deep sea mining is is an activity that is very appealing 
to many nations because of the promise of uh, huge economic profits. We don't know enough about the impact of deep sea mining on, on deep sea life. And also we need to be conscious about the potential um, climate change impacts of deep sea mining because there is a lot of sediment on the seafloor where these operations would take place that contains a lot of carbon. We know that the seafloor, the sediment on the seafloor, is the largest carbon sink on the planet. So disturbing that sediment and releasing that carbon can also add to climate change. So there are so many unknowns that makes it uh, tricky, makes it dangerous to open up the entire ocean to deep sea mining. And just, you mentioned technology before. Is it okay if you just tell me how you'll survey? We want to know how marine life is doing from the surface to the, the, the deep ocean. So for the surface, for the first 50 meters, we use the traditional technology of the scuba divers. We have people with scuba tanks doing visual accounts of fish and corals, taking photographs, collecting, uh, collecting data. And then as we go deeper, we will have a submarine that allows us to go down to 400 meters. This is a, a manned submersible with a pilot and two scientists and two seats for scientists, also for, for, um, with a potential to collect samples and film. So we can explore, spend hours down there, all the way down to 400 meters below the range of the divers. But still, we can access uh, the waters down to 6,000 meters with our deep cameras. We have these cameras developed by the National Geographic Exploration Lab. These are basically like big glass balls, like the size of an over, oversized basketball with a digital camera inside and light and a computer. And we drop off the side of our boat. They go down to the bottom, film for hours, and then they come back to the surface where we pick them up and download the data. So these are different, of, uh, different technologies that allows us to, to survey everything from microbes to sharks from the surface to, to the deepest part of the ocean.